Welcome back to CrimeFiction.fm, where we bring the authors of today's best books directly to you. I'm your host, Stephen Campbell, and I'm here with Trace Conger, the author of the Mr. Finn thriller series, the second of which, Scar Tissue, was released last week. Trace, welcome. Thanks, Steve. Thanks so much for having me. Your first book, uh, The Shadow Broker, introduced Finn to the world. I had the opportunity to read the first book. I absolutely loved it. I love this character. Uh, Let's talk about Finn for a little bit, how you came up with him, who he is, and why he's such a great series character. Sure. Well, Finn Harding is a, uh, a private investigator who's lost his professional license. And because he has no license, he's pretty much employable by the type of people who routinely would hire PIs, for example, law firms and uh, companies, that type of thing. Uh, Because he has no license, he can't appear in court. He can't file legal documents. So in order to make ends meet, he he begins working with the type of people who really don't care if he's licensed or not, so so mainly criminals. (laughs) Um, I thought he was just a very interesting character, and he kind of came about after I had a conversation with a, a retired private investigator who kind of finds himself in a similar predicament that Finn does in, in The Shadow Broker. Um, of course, this retired PI did not get into the trouble that, uh, that Finn did because he knew better to walk away when he was faced with some, uh, some unscrupulous uh, opportunities. Finn, however, kind of falls in that trap, um, and he starts working for a, a black market information broker, and things kind of go downhill from there. All right, well, let's talk about Scar Tissue, the the new book. Tell us uh, sort of the storyline for Scar Tissue, if you would. Sure. So uh, before I can tell you that, I do just need to back up to the very end of The Shadow Broker because it is almost a direct continuation. Um, At the very end of The Shadow Broker, um, we learn from Finn's ex-wife a little more about why, you know, she uh, parted ways with him. And uh, one of the the minor characters in the first book is this Dr. Daryl Jennings, who is an anesthesiologist who is now living with Finn's uh, ex-wife. So one of the things that she recounts towards the end of the first book is kind of, you know, why she ended up going with this anesthesiologist instead of trying to make it work with Finn. And one of her big arguments, uh, you know, is that, uh, you know, Dr. Jennings is this safe individual. She knows he's always going to come home at night. He doesn't get into any trouble. And he's kind of the exact opposite of Finn. So where scar tissue picks up is we kind of take, I took that character and, and really, Turn him on his head, and, and we and Brooke finds out. Brooke, being uh, Finn's ex-wife, mm-hmm. finds out that Doctor Jennings really isn't the safe alternative that she she thought he was, and he's really kind of the the catalyst for uh, the next case that Finn has to take on. So uh, she comes to Finn with this um, with this problem that Doctor Jennings has found himself in, uh, and then Finn reluctantly kind of agrees to take on the case because while he doesn't really like Doctor Jennings. You know, he understands that he is still kind of this important part of his ex-wife and his daughter's life. So it's kind of this internal internal struggle with Finn is, you know, do I help this guy because I really don't like him? But at the same time, he's he's such a big part of his ex-wife and daughter's life that he kind of feels obligated to, to kind of get him out of the trouble. So That's a great little ethical dilemma. Yeah, exactly. Now, the series takes place in Ohio. In, in Cincinnati, is that right? It does, yes. And are, do you live in Cincinnati now? I do. I live about, uh, well, about 30 miles north. I live in a really small town um, called Lebanon, Ohio, but it's essentially Cincinnati. Yeah, I grew up in Zanesville, Ohio, spent Ah. some time at Ohio University, where I I know that uh, you went, and I I did all that before moving down to Florida, where the weather's a little warmer, but uh, we don't have such good football down here right now. 
Hey, I can't complain. We uh, we're just coming off of a pretty exciting victory, so yes. I don't know how long it'll last, but <laughs> week by week, we just you, you take what you can get. Exactly. Um, prior to becoming a novelist, you had some other jobs. I spent a lot of time in the technology business, and in the, on your uh, about page on your website, you and this is a direct quote: "I became a public relations consultant, helping to shape the public's perception of large technology companies and making them appear more exciting than they actually were." I love that, and uh, there is so much of that that goes on in public relations and marketing for these companies that are really super boring. Yet somehow, or other, we see these commercials and go, "Oh, that looks cool." So that's you. Yeah. You're you're the one doing that. I, I was, and I was in uh, public relations in the early 2000s, which was kind of right before the big dot-com bust. So uh-huh. it was like everyone and his brother, you know, had a technology company that they were pitching. And it was it was a very, uh, I guess, unique exercise to try and determine how are these companies really different and, and what is what is the spin we take to the media? Because I can imagine that, you know, technology editors and journalists were probably just getting hounded by, you know, by PR people daily with, with uh, you know, information on new companies that were just springing up overnight. And those were the, the very heady days of technology where you did, all you needed was an idea. You didn't even, you didn't need any code. You didn't need any customers. You just needed an idea. Yeah. And a lot of people made a lot of money uh, on, on just, on just ideas. Yes. And then it all came tumbling down. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> now, you also have done some copywriting. A, a lot of the authors that I talk to have come out of the newspaper business. A lot of the crime authors come out of the, the crime beat in, in newspapers. You're the first person I've ever spoken to that's come out of copywriting. What what similarities do you see between traditional copywriting where you're trying to entice a reader to do something and writing a novel where I guess you're trying to entice the reader to turn the page. Yeah, I think there are really a lot of parallels. Um, one of the things with corporate copywriting is you have to be very succinct in the way that you you write something because you might try you might be uh, trying to distill, you know, 30 years of a corporate history or all of the great things of a new product down to really only only a few words, especially if you're writing advertising copy. You don't have a lot of real estate. So I think one of the ways uh, that it's helped me is it's really made me think succinctly about what it is that I want to tell, and it's really kept me on track uh, as far as coming up with a story. And I, I always joke that, um, especially as a marketing copywriter, that a lot of the stuff I was writing about companies was was fiction uh, <laughs> anyway, so I think it uh, I think it translates pretty well. <laughs> now, th- do you find yourself ever needing to force yourself to write longer to give more detail when you're maybe writing the first draft because you're so used to being so succinct with everything? You know, usually what I'll do is uh, is I, I write a uh, you know novel over several drafts, and the first draft I really it's just getting the story down. Uh, but what I might do is I might just throw in parentheses there, you know, add more detail here, mm-hmm. you know, and then I'll keep going with the story, and I'll know to go back and, and kind of pepper things uh, pepper things in. But I think it's definitely a balancing act. You know, you want to paint a vivid picture for the reader. But at the same time, you really don't want to inundate them with a lot of details that they really don't care about. Yeah, those details that we as readers tend to skip over, those large blocks of text that are just almost always descriptive. Now, your first book, The Shadow Broker, we mentioned this before. You were nominated for a Seamus Award, which is extraordinary for a first book. 
Yeah, I was. I was very excited uh, about that and happy to report uh, that I actually won. Did you? Well, congratulations. I, sh- I should have looked that up. Well, it was just last weekend, so I don't know if uh, you know if it's even been covered too much, but uh, uh, it was um, presented uh, uh, in conjunction with DoctorCon mm-hmm. last weekend. So uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Made, made the trip. I mean, it was a fun uh, event anyway, but having having won the award made it a lot more fun. So. What was BoucherCon like? I've never been to BoucherCon. I've been to other mystery conferences, but BoucherCon is like the the Mac Daddy. It's the big one. It is, and it was the first really large one that I've been to. I, you know, being in, in Cincinnati, I've gone to a few, I guess, of the smaller local ones within the state or or right over into Indiana or Kentucky, but nothing, nothing, uh, you know, the size of BoucherCon. I mean, it was it was fantastic. If you're an author or if you're a fan of mystery or crime fiction, they've got you know panels that talk about Everything, and I was listening to to one of your episodes uh, uh, last week with uh, Zoe Sharp mm-hmm. because she was there, and I was actually um, I uh, was uh, not on her panel, but I was in the the session where she was a panelist for um, I think it was writing a violent fiction, uh, mm-hmm. and, and it was great. I mean, if you're a mystery fan, this is this is the place to be. It's it's absolutely phenomenal, and they bring in some fantastic authors. I wish I had been there because uh, another friend of mine that I've done a number of shows with is uh, Taylor Stevens. She was on that panel as well, so that was the one that I really wanted to see. Yeah, there were you know I just I remember looking through the. Uh, uh, the agenda, and usually it's pretty easy to pick out. You know, I'm going to go to this one. I'm going to go to this one because they have a lot of concurrent uh, uh, sessions. And this mm-hmm. one was tough because you, I mean, it was it was some of them were a toss up. You just you you couldn't decide which one you wanted to go to because there was so many great ones happening at the same time. Yeah, one of my favorite things about conferences is just getting together with people for dinner and just sitting down and talking about books. You know, crime fiction books. Oh, did you read this? Did you read that? It's just so much fun to to be there. The the session. Sessions are fun, but it's the interaction with with authors uh, outside the sessions that, to me, makes it worth whatever you have to pay to get to those conferences. Yeah, you're right. And I think, you know, as an author, I walk out of there so inspired and ready to get down and and start writing because a lot of writing, you know, is is pretty solitary. Uh, I mean, there are obviously people that you work with and interact with, but, um, you know, the actual craft of it is very solitary. So it's really great to get out and and kind of talk to some of the other people that are having the same struggles as you or they're kind of living the same lifestyle as you to kind of, you know, to learn from. So it's, it's great. Did you meet anybody there where you were just kind of thinking, oh, my gosh, that's so-and-so? You know, I did. I think uh, for me, uh, the highlight was meeting uh, Michael, um, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right, Robotham, uh, from, uh, I believe he's from Melbourne, Australia. Uh-huh. And I picked up his book, Life and Death. He had just won a, um, a CWA Dagger Award, I think, like the week or so prior. And he was just, he was an awesome guy, very down to earth, great to talk to. He was on one of the panels that I, uh, uh, that I went to as well, and just a great guy, and really looking forward to reading that book. Now, when you, you were announced at the, there's a banquet there. Were you announced as the winner at the banquet? I was, yes. And so what was that like? Were you, were you expecting it? Were you surprised? Did you get up and, and give a short talk? Tell us about that. Yeah, so I, uh, I, was, I was not expecting it at all. Uh, you know, I, I went uh, to the banquet just assuming I'd be clapping for whoever, <laughs> whoever else won. Uh, and they gave uh, uh, this award away first. They had, I think, five uh, different awards that they were giving away. And um, so, yeah, I was really shocked. And because I did not think that I would be uh, winning the award, I had not prepared any remarks. <laughs> so, you know, I get up there and I guess in typical fashion, you know, uh, was totally unprepared 
uh, to talk, but uh, was able to, I guess, <laughs> make myself sound somewhat sensible for about 30 <laughs> seconds uh, and then kind of got to sit back uh, and just enjoy the rest of the uh, of the award presentation. So it was great. I mean, it totally was not expecting it, but, uh, you know, it was very awesome. And how great that yours was first so you could just get it out of the way and then you don't have to think about it anymore. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, Trace, where can people find scar tissue? Well, the best place uh, to find uh, information about it is on my website. It's just uh, traceconger.com, T-R-A-C-E-C-O-N-G-E-R.com. Uh, I'll have the first chapter uh, up there, uh, links on uh, where people can find the book to buy, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can also find information there on uh, some of my other work as well. Okay, and that's probably the best place for people to follow you. Maybe you have an email list or something like that where people could go to your website and sign up and be notified with new releases. Absolutely. If you go to the website, uh, there's a tab, uh, Become a Fan, and if you click there, uh, you can sign right up to my, um, uh, for my email newsletter and get some free fiction as well. All right. This has been terrific. It's been uh, fun chatting with you. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much, Steve. I really appreciate it. This is Stephen Campbell for CrimeFiction.fm. You can find us on iTunes and on the web at www.CrimeFiction.fm. If you do pop by the website, please sign up for my email list. I send out an email each Friday with a summary of the week's interviews. It's the best way to keep up with what we're doing and to be sure you don't miss out on great new books like Scar Tissue from Trace Conger. Thanks for listening.